What a joy when you come to church and you see friends that you haven't seen for a while. Uh, part of the body of God. When you see young people committing their lives to the Lord and serving in so many different ways, different places. So I celebrate today our youngest among us. That's our brother Sam. Sam, I'm so happy to see you this morning along with your daughter, Katie, and the young man that it's along. Very happy to have you uh, with us here today. Uh, God is so good. It was, it was, I was just so thrilled when I saw him walk in the aisle and find a place there. We celebrate you uh, and what God does in your life too. When I think of Chad, I haven't relate too much to him. I just know about him through Clint and Jennifer. And so I look forward to getting to know you better, my brother. Very happy that you're here with your families. And God bless you. Very happy for you. And there are many other faces, new friends that I see you here this morning that have come to celebrate God's goodness among us. And in our series of meditation about Righteousness by faith. I am thrilled of the fact that while the whole world, Christian world if I should say, it's very interested in hearing about the love of Jesus. Pastor, preach about the love of Jesus. Great. Hallelujah for that. Amen. We're missing a point that it's is equally important in righteousness by faith. Righteousness by faith, justification by faith, we have been studying and learning that has two faces that are inseparable. And I like the way how it's described in the pen of inspiration. When God pardons the sinner, put my name in your name there. When God pardons the sinner, remits the punishment he deserves, and treats him as though he had not sinned. Is that amazing or what? That is grace, pure grace of God. Yes, he treats me and you as though you and I had not sinned. He receives you and me into divine favor and justifies him or her through the merits of Christ's righteousness. And the church says... The sinner can be justified only through faith in the atonement made through God's dear Son. Who became a sacrifice for the sins of the guilty world. No one can be justified by any works of his or her own. He can be delivered. From the guilt of sin. From the condemnation of the law. From the penalty of transgression. Only by virtue of the suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ. And I say, praise be to the Lord. We love that. We enjoy. We celebrate God's grace. But along, that doesn't end there. God invites us to now not only receive His imputed righteousness given to us, not because we deserve it, but I celebrate that now 
This is the beauty. The work actually really begins now. He starts imparting righteousness, sanctification. It's a work of a lifetime. Nobody wants to hear about that. Sanctification? No, I don't want to change. I want to stay the way I am. I like me. I like my little things that I know I have to give him, but he's, he's got to understand me. Do you see the trick of the devil? God is preparing you and me to live in his presence. I cannot take with me anything in my life, my character, which is the sum of who I am, to heaven. That cannot take place. So my beloved brothers and sisters, the only way you and I will understand and experience true righteousness by faith It's only through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Only God's Holy Spirit filling your life and mind in answer to your prayer is not automatic. His continual presence in us will enable Christ to continually live in your life and in my life. It is only as Christ lives in us that his righteousness will be manifested in your life and in my life. It's my only hope. It's your only hope. If we do not understand and experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, we will not enjoy the fullness of Christ living in us. We will not have his righteousness manifested in us or have the victories necessary. To become just like Jesus. Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 verse 2. This is very significant brethren. Actually more than I could ever explain, talk or share with you. 1 John chapter 3 chapter 3 verse 2. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Many of you are there already. And the word of God tells us the following. A very blessed promise that you are very aware of. Beloved, now we are children of God. That's justification by faith makes that possible. That you and I become children of God. Yes. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. God is at work. He knows that He's working in you. He's working in me. He's the potter. We are the clay. He's working in you, developing Himself in you and I. Yes, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know. That when he is revealed, when he appears, when he comes, when Jesus comes, we shall be, finish the phrase. How can that be? You and I will be like Jesus. That's the work 
in progress of sanctification. You see, when Jesus comes, he will see himself in you and in me. It's not automatic. It's only an answer to prayer. I'm daily asking him, Lord, I need, it's not only that I want, I need this experience, actually this daily miracle in my life. I need this on a daily basis. He wants to win victories in my life. It's you and I saying, Lord, let me give you an example. I remember, uh, he's a friend. His name is Emmanuel Beck. He's an evangelist for Amazing Fact. And, and one of his meetings, he says, you know what happens to me when I go to Best Buy? I go in, but as soon as you go to that section at the end, where all these big screen, 55, 60, 70 inches TVs are there, I'm glued. I'm addicted to anything that has a screen. And I was thinking to myself, that is so much me. He's talking about his experience, but that's so much me. And I've been praying since 2007 when he was doing those meetings there in the district where I used to be. I've been praying, Lord, everything that has a screen I need to submit to you along with my will, my heart, because I don't want that to control me or my time. It's not mine, it's yours. I celebrate when a family of this church said, Pastor, on such a day, this struggle that I have is over. He marked the day. It's over. I don't want to go there anymore. I don't want to be this part of my life anymore. He called me, he shared this with me. And beloved, I pray that you too will not be happy how you are. That you only be happy or rejoice in the Lord as the Spirit of God comes into your life and invites you to experience His presence daily in you. Yes, this morning... We will speak of three, four steps we need to focus on. Four elements of our journey, of our experience that we need to look on. And the number one is Jesus' example. If we want to know what we need to do, Jesus said, I have given you an example. He was talking about communion, washing the feet of the disciple. But I'm going to take his words and apply it to everything in our life. Jesus is our example. Jesus promised that the Father would give to us the Holy Spirit as we ask Him to do so. Remember His promise? Turn your Bible to Luke chapter 11 and read with me there verse 13. Gospel of Luke chapter 11. The Word of God tells us very clear there, God has promised this to you. This is His promise that we can not only claim, but enjoy, celebrate in our journey, in our walk with God. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. And it tells us the following. If you then, being evil, 
know how to give good gift to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to whom? To those who ask. It's an answer to you and I asking daily for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's his invitation. And beloved, if this was not powerful, if this is not inspiring you, turn to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 14, and we will see there how the Apostle Paul tells us that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit by faith. Galatians, turn your Bibles there, Galatians chapter 3. The Word of God makes it very plain how he makes this reality in your life. You don't have to wait that your body starts shaking or you start speaking in any tongue that you don't know about. No. The Word of God invites you to exercise faith in this gift, this promise of God. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 14 tells us that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, how? Through faith. It's yours. It's mine. So that God can do what He wants to do in my life and in your life. Yes. The reception of this gift is so important that Paul commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He commands in Ephesians 5.18, the Apostle Paul, it's a mandate, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is translated now, Jesus comes and role models this for us. He's our example in all things. In his life, we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a special, separate experience that he went through when he came to the Jordan River. Yes, he was baptized, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a complete different experience. This event equipped him for victory over Satan. Yes, notice what you read there in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Go back to Luke chapter 4 and notice the description that it makes there how Jesus now, as he begins his ministry, he is equipped to do what God had invested him and anointed him for. And that was the sign that God had given John the disciple when he is anointed, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit to do ministry service for him. Luke chapter 4. We want to go into verse 18 and 19. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has done what? He has infilled me. He has anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And brethren, just turn one page there, chapter 3. 
Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. Notice the description that makes there Dr. Luke. Luke chapter 3. And in verse there, 21 and 22. And it says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, notice, I have that underlined with red on my Bible. When he prayed, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Go back to chapter 1, chapter 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now he's equipped to be victorious over the temptations that Satan had set up for him there in the wilderness. He is my example. He is your example. After this experience of the Spirit baptism in filling or anointing, he was prepared to confront Satan. And again, his great victories were there recorded in the Word of God and several in Matthew and in Luke and in Mark is a description of those victories that Jesus had. This Spirit baptism became available from the day of Pentecost onward to every believer. But Satan is not happy that you and I would say, Lord, I need this experience in my life. He knows that if that would be the case, did you and I become aware of this? All of his power will be broken. You will be set free and live a victorious life, not on your strength, not on your mind, or on good intentions, but because the Spirit of God has anointed you, and that's the only way how Christ by faith can live in you and in me. It's the only way it will become a reality. The fulfillment of Jesus' promise will be really like it happened in Pentecost. It will happen in your life and in my life. When that happened with the early Christian church, it is so wonderful to know that the gospel was preached. Souls were won. Unity and joy were seen in the believers. And the sick were healed. This was the same type of experience in the ministry of those early Christian church. And God is so ready to repeat that in his church today. But I find myself among those described in Revelation chapter 3. Not cold. Not warm. But lukewarm. Thinking that I'm okay. I'm a pastor. I'm fine. And the faithful witness declares that I'm naked, wretched, blind. And the list goes on, on, and on. And, and then he brings the counsel. He brings the counsel to turn to Jesus as my only hope and receive him. I was so wrong when I used to pray, Lord, could you give me, cover me, send me your righteousness. 
Jesus and his righteousness are not, are not two separate items. Jesus is righteousness. And only when he lives in you and in me, you experience his righteousness. Number two, beloved, God calls every Christian to receive that baptism every day. We've been saying it, but every day. What we need is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Without this, we are no more fitted to go forth to the world than were the first disciples after the crucifixion. They needed to follow Jesus' instructions. Go to Jerusalem and wait until the Father fulfills the promise. Impress upon all the believers testimonies to the church impress upon all the believers the necessity of the baptism of the Holy Spirit the sanctification of the church so that they will be living growing fruit bearing trees of the Lord's planting oh dear children of God beloved brothers and sisters I need this in my life desperately and I pray that as you open your heart to Lord in prayer, you can pray as we are experiencing worship here this morning, claiming the promise of God. You see, God sought to again draw our attention to this very important experience in the spring of 1928. A man called Leroy Froome. He started writing, writing the book, well, Actually, his devotions during that Conquanium meetings ended up being the book, The Coming of the Comforter. And because I need, we as a family need this experience, referring to our neglect of understanding and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he wrote, I am persuaded that this is our colossal blunder. I confess, I confess that it is mine. We are not to go until we are endued. All true service begins at our own personal Pentecost. I need that Pentecost experience in my life. For there is no experience beyond and above the initial step by which the Holy Spirit first reveals sin and begets a new life in a soul. And that is to be filled with the Spirit. For the lack of this, one's testimony is feasible and the spiritual life, but partial. Alice, many today have gone as far as the baptism of repentance, but no further. In third place, again and again, seek the baptism of the Spirit of God every day. Every day. You see, Satan has misled us. There is nothing that Satan fears so much as that the people of God should clear the way, removing every hindrance so that the Lord can pour out His Spirit upon a languishing church and an impenitent congregation. 
when the way is prepared for the Spirit of God, the blessing will come. He knows this. He knows this. We cannot repeat, go over this, meditate, pray over it enough. First Corinthians 15:31. This is a very important experience. The Word of God tells us right there, notice the counsel. The Apostle Paul makes it so emphatically. First Corinthians chapter 15. And right there, in verse 31, he makes this statement. Why this needs to be a daily experience. I affirm by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. I die daily. Yes. And notice, next letter, Second Corinthians Chapter 4 in verse 16, again he emphasizes 4.16. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Daily we need this work of the Spirit renewing us in our journey, in our walk. Daily, Jesus received a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the early hours of the day, the Lord awakened him from his lumbers. And his soul and his lips were anointed with grace that he might impart to others. You see, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for you to keep that experience for yourself. It is to go and share others what God is doing in you and they will be blessed with a similar experience as they too experience the need of daily being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Daily need of that experience. And in closing, beloved, I want to challenge you to make this the object I remember looking in an old um, bookshelf. And of course, this was um, 1988. But justified by faith, this pamphlet has meant so much to me. Whether at home in your computer, on your phone, just type their righteousness by faith. Google it. And it'll bring you a wealth of information of the experience God wants to bring to your life. Why? Because we know, we have insisted, the third angel's message is righteousness by faith. Is knowing this message and experiencing righteousness by faith, it's the only way you and I will be ready to receive Jesus in the clouds of heaven and live with him for eternity. But that doesn't begin when he comes. It starts today, now. Devout time to learn, experience, read, research, investigate about righteousness by faith. The baptism of the Holy Spirit 
and how that combination enables you to see Jesus when he comes and he will recognize you because then it's the only way you will be like Jesus. He will recognize you. He will recognize me. It was a choice. It was an intentional, deliberate decision. And he started that work, sealing you for eternity with the Spirit of God. May the Lord bless you and inspire you to embrace this message of salvation. It's the everlasting gospel that was first preached to Adam and Eve in the garden. No different today. Dear Father, we know you know this already. But it seems like this song was not really appropriate because we have not been for years out of your flock. And so why would we need to turn back? We were just reminded on Revelation chapter 3 that yes, I need as a Laodicean to turn from that state condition and come to you. I need that desperately. And I can't do it by myself. Not even my good intentions can cut it. But I trust that through your invitation, the woes of your spirit, his groaning, his intercessions on my behalf, I'm coming home. In this congregation, your children, my brothers and sisters, we all together are coming home. Thank you for receiving us through your son Jesus, our only hope in his most powerful name in the whole universe. We lift up our hearts, our prayers to you. Amen.